Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and bitches who make it to brunch on time. I'm Alicia Herter, head bitch. (laughs) I'm Tara Keck. (laughs) Minor bitch. (laughs) Secondary bitch. Tertiary bitch. (laughs) Well, I'm bitch in chief, so you would be, would you be, um, hmm, trying to think what. I'm the prime bitch. I'm in another country. Oh, Okay. Prime Min Bitch. <laughs> the Bitch Minister. You can call me Queen Bitch. <laughs> I really don't do anything. I'm just here for yeah. the aesthetic. I'm a, I'm a figurehead. I'm a figurehead. That's it. Put me on the dollar. <laughs> on today's episode, prophecies, witches in the news, and a spell for divine dreams. <laughs> Hello, hello, witch. Yes. So Tara and I are so excited to share with you guys that we have an intern. And his name is Brian Rainey. He is adorable. His sun sign is Leo. His moon is Sagittarius. So I don't know. We uh, What do we take for that? I mean, he sounds fun. Uh, like on the inside, he's a bad boy, which we love. <laughs> and his rising is Pisces. So he's got all those like dreamy emotions going with the flow of things Mm -hmm. and he is a hell of a researcher i basically think we can say the majority of this podcast is due to him and bless him and bless him he came and he slayed (laughs) he slaughtered he slaughtered he betrayed it's like death all around it's like so good (laughs) fucking bodies in the floor oh my god so thank you, Brian, and we're so excited to have you at least for the next six months. Yeah, and I also want to shout out Brian's fiance, also Brian. Also Brian, B squared. Yes. Which is so fucking cute. Dude, I don't know. Would you date someone named Tara? No, absolutely not. Oh, I would date someone named Alicia. That's a fucking sexy name. Really? That's a great name. Yeah. I mean, it is a sexy name, but don't, don't you think that like you would get confused? No, because I'm head bitch. So... <laughs> If they're saying Alicia, it's probably to me, mm-hmm. not my secondary person that I'm in a relationship with, with my name. <laughs> There's a ranking system in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. I feel like I'd be like, you do have to go by your middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Marie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she also has your middle she, name. All Alicia's have Marie. Yeah, fair. I met one Alicia Nicole, and I was like, ooh, dangerous. But most of them have Marie. It sounds good. Alicia Marie. Sounds good when you're, like, getting yelled at, too. Alicia Marie. You're like, ooh, scared. (laughs) Terrified. (laughs) So Uh, what's going on? What's what's the haps? That's the haps, baby. That's the haps. What's up with you? Don't you have some new news? Well, I've got news. I mean, the world has news. The world? I I don't know. I think you have news. (laughs) So something really important happened in my life. Uh Uh-huh. I'm really excited about it. We've talked about it on several episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... You know, it may be like a little bit old for people that have been on social media. And I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to create this image that I am celebrating and elevating a tragedy in, in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. But Lisa Bonet did dump Jason Momoa. Ooh. Oh, she dumped him? Oh, or do I we mean, know it the was deets? a long-term situation, but it does seem like that it was Lisa Bonet. Okay, that's right. I mean, 
She's so hot. She's extremely hot. I mean, he's so hot too. They made so much sense together. But she's a babe. Yeah. She's so attractive. So did you know that Jason Momoa had a crush on Lisa Bonet like since he was a little kid? Because How much she older was, is she? Uh, not significantly okay, older, but like, she was a child actor. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So he had a crush on her while she was on TV. That's cute. Though. And when he was little, he did tell his mom, like, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And divorce. And divorce, sadly, <laughs> after 16 years of being together. Damn, that's a long time. That's it, a hell of a successful relationship, though, to be together absolutely. that long, you know? Absolutely. And so... Lisa Bonet had kind of like alluded to the breakup like a couple weeks ago where she was talking about like wanting to live authentically and like the power that comes with like really stepping into who you truly are and what you truly want. Oh, I love this. But it sounds very much like classic like celebrity breakup in the sense that like Jason Momoa's career is like really kicked off Mm -hmm. and he's traveling a lot. He's like in all these superhero movies and Lisa loves being in LA and so much of her like lifestyle has kind of like solidified around like health and like wellness and like meditation. And so she's not like the kind of person that can is going to follow her husband yeah, to every no. location, but he wants that. And so it sounded like Lisa There's was like There's also like not enough time. If you're on set for that like what you get like a few hours every exactly. night, it's like not worth it and you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like that really sucks, you mm-hmm. know. And don't they have kids? They do. They have two kids. And so another part of that is that Lisa loves to be in L.A. with her children. Yeah. It really sounds like they've been growing apart the past couple years and that like it's really just come to a head where like, you know, our life was intersected in parallel for a really long time. And now we've branched off and we're, we're becoming like new and exciting people. And like we can't stifle that for each other. Yeah. So. I understand that. Okay. So what I mean, what's the game plan? Well, Mike and I have had a discussion. Okay. And by had a discussion, I mean I've practiced a discussion in the mirror. In my head. head. (laughs) I've never vocalized it. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I just feel less like Lisa Bonet would kick my ass. No, I I mean, I don't think she'd care. Not anymore. No. Like before I was oh, okay. like, if I ever, because like he was Before on, when you were like homewrecker fantasy. Exactly. <laughs> or like, I'm the chosen one, which is one of like my favorite. I love being the secretary. I love <laughs> being the babysitter. Um, hey, doctor. But now I'm just the new girlfriend. Oh, okay, cool. Besides that, you know, I want you guys to maybe take the time to process that information. Is I did finish Anna Karenina. Oh my God, how was it? Uh, narrated by Maggie Gyllenhaal, right? <laughs> narrated by Maggie <laughs> Gyllenhaal, pronouncing super Russian names for 36 hours. Good for her. That seems like some shit she would love, though. After yeah. seeing a Q&A with her, I'm like, oh, this bitch is smart. <laughs> she is a smarty pants. Her like voice acting was very subtle changes, so sometimes it was a little hard to... And she would say the name so fast, which made me think that maybe she wasn't super confident. Mm, yeah. But um, it's not. it's just not a very good book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It a, wasn't a very good movie either. <laughs> I doubt it. Well, I also doubt that like all of the fucking shit that happens in this movie or in this book, like how do you put that into two hours? Uh, a lot of like flashbacks or flash forwards to a train. Yep. That's really it. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, wonder what's going to happen with this train. I just rolled my eyes for anyone who didn't <laughs> see it on the podcast. You can hear it. <laughs> what is going to happen with this train? And I love Kira Knightley, so I'm like, damn, it's not her fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's this book. Well, fucking Tolstoy, or whatever his fucking name is, was writing a, um, when, before he was 
writing Anna Karenina, he was writing this like historical biography of like some famous politician or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like he was like stuck in his office for months and like could not make any progress because it was too big. And so then he started writing Anna Karenina just for fun. And I was like, you wrote this fucking monster for fun. For fun? I don't know. Some people have like weird kinks, you know? (laughs) That's his. Anna Karenina. Just like, mm, gets me hard. But it was fun like making, I texted you the other day, making all of our Russian names. Yes. So I just wanted to read them for everybody. Yes. So Alicia's Russian Anna Karenina name Mm -hmm. is Alisa Masha Janova Hodora. Ooh, I love that. And then mine is Tara Ashley Mikhailovna Kekka. I like that it's Ashley, E-S-H-L-I, but it sounds so much like Ashley. Yeah, exactly. That's cute. And then Marcel's <laughs> is Marcel Pavel Pavlovich Perez. M-P-P-P. And then Artemis's is Artyom Princesa Alisanova Herder Pereza. Love it. And then Dolly's, because there is a Dolly in the book. Oh, really? Actually. And her real name is Daria. So she's Daria Mikhailovna Kekbobrinskoya. Everyone I- sounds so elegant. I feel like we're going to a ball. Exactly. Exactly. And there are so many fucking princesses. Like, there are like 80 princesses in this fucking book. And I'm Why like, not? it means nothing now. Oh, yeah. What a waste. I'm, But that's what Tolstoy wanted, right? Yeah. Like, down with them. A waste. <laughs> <laughs> waste the princesses. Get rid of them. Get them out of here. And that's it. I love that. And so today we're going to talk about prophecies. Speaking of Tolstoy's prophecy of no princesses. (laughs) Just getting rid of them one by one, which I'm assuming is what the book is. (laughs) It's just like fucking train, 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 train. Chekhov's guns, each one. Just like, oh no. But today we're going to talk about prophecy. So what is a prophecy? According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a prophecy is a statement that something will happen in the future. I love that. Vague, all-encompassing, perfect. However, Britannica notes that within religion, a prophecy is a divinely inspired revelation or interpretation. So it's not just, I prophesize that we are going to brunch. I prophesize the winning lottery numbers, although if you do, you should tell us. Thank you. Thank you. And then the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy further argues that a prophet is someone who mediates the relationship between people and the divine. So you're like that vessel talking to God sort of thing. And the words prophet and prophecy are derived from the Greek word propheteia, which roughly translates to the gift of interpreting the will of God or of a God. Propheteia is like kind of a cute name. That is cute. Oh my God. You should name your first child with Jason Momoa, Prophetea. Prophetea Momoa? Because this is the prophecy. (laughs) It's happening right now. I'm getting visions of this beautiful wedding. For some reason, it's very smelly. I just feel like you guys will just forego all deodorant at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, we're living in the Polynesian Islands. It's very hot. It is very hot. So in its most general sense, prophecy refers to the act of predicting future events, usually through visions, dreams, revelations. And more specifically, in many cultures and religions, prophecies are thought to be communicated directly from a deity to an individual. Boom, boom. And I tell you. And you're like, oh, my God. Amazing. And you follow me. Mm-hmm. Ring, ring, ring. Like a little lemming off the cliff. Together we go. Oh, holding no. hands. And there are four different types of prophecies. They're distinguished by inspiration, behavior, and office. So it gets a little blurry, though. So it comes down to kind of which kind of crazy do you want to be? What kind of crazy prophet are you? 
It's instead of what kind of witch are you? What crazy prophet are you? <laughs> if you're into, we make a BuzzFeed quiz. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Divinatory prophets. These are those who can predict future events or otherwise decipher messages from the divine through the use of instruments, dreams, telepathy, clairvoyance, or visions. So these are your typical seers, oracles, soothsayers, diviners sort of thing. This is not Professor Trelawney, your head falls back and you start making demonic voices like <laughs> something like that, but you know, in <laughs> demon tongue or English, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not a vessel for a specific god or spirit, but you are in fact still telling the future. In fact, divinatory prophets can be tarot readers, rune casters, bone throwers, seeing shit in your crystal ball. So all that kind of, that woo-woo shit, all that kind of hedge witch shit, that's all part of it, you know? So if you use divination in your craft, you could consider calling yourself a divinatory prophet. I would personally say don't do that because you'll sound fucking crazy that's a little tacky but if you are really really good at telling the future i mean maybe you should and you should sell it for big books turn it into your instagram name oh yeah create a brand the prophet is my brand alicia the divinatory prophet what if i changed my instagram to alicia the prophet i how crazy would that be that would be so funny i think if i'm in on the joke the other most likely if you do that you are the joke you (laughs) You're not in on it. You're just like, oh, I believe this. I want to support you. (laughs) I want to be there for you. Uh Uh-huh. And you're not going to unfriend me. You're going to be like, what is this bitch going to post about? (laughs) I'm going to follow. Is she going to post the winning lottery numbers? I'm waiting, you know? (laughs) Then we have our cult prophets, otherwise known as our priest prophets. These guys are the fun ones. They're found within religious communities. And, you know, I say fun being like a gentle prodding and taunting of as they have an important role to fulfill within liturgy and rituals they're usually very passionate and would be considered a good leader if you didn't risk never seeing your family again or even death oh so these are like your uh jim jones's like your the doomsday is coming situation yeah we're kind of we're feeling that energy now but you know these people have a vision they have a vision you know and it's not always because God told you about it. It may be because you just like power and have a decent idea. <laughs> you got you got dreams. I've got a pyramid scheme. Do you <laughs> want to hear about it? And then there's this thing called under cultic mandate. And so this role typically involves expressing a divine oracular word. So meaning a word out loud during a certain part of the liturgy. And even though this type of prophet repeats the divine word during the appropriate parts of the ritual because of the in quotes, timeless character of cultic activity, end quotes, this prophetic word is regarded as new each time he utters it. And we've had a hard time researching what the fuck that actually meant for anyone who's like eyes glazed over and they're like, am I still driving my car? Because I don't I don't know what's happening right now. And it basically means that within these different sects of crazy following, Mm there is one word that you'll say and it's kind of like the the open the hatch or the demon is coming word. Like it's your one like go-to touchstone word. And it's supposed to be like elicit a response either of fear or like Christianity type convulsing, you know? Oh, yeah. To just be super into that word and just like repeating the word and like giving the word power. And it's just one word. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of a word. 
a toadstool. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried looking for specific words, and we couldn't find an ape, which means we got to do better and send Brian into a cult. <laughs> no, we can't. So that he can come back with information. The other Brian will kill us. The other Brian can go, too. It can be like a family vacation. <laughs> Them and their two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's so nice that Alicia, Marcel, and Tara like, <laughs> took, took us to this cult upstate. <laughs> this, like, wonderful um, resort. Like, this, um, oh, what do resort. they call it? It's a, um, not a getaway. You're going to an uh, artist retreat. Oh, yeah. A retreat. For the word, for the Lord, for what? whatever, you know? What fun icebreakers. They make us take off all our clothes and jump into the ocean and scream. (laughs) Scream the God word. That would be a good icebreaker. (laughs) You can't. You would definitely feel comfortable around people after that because it's so goofy. You would like let your guard down. Dude, I'm I'm scheming. Oh, she's scheming. I'm scheming. Alicia, the divinatory prophet, Instagram.com. Then we have the missionary or apostolic prophets. Missionary prophets are those that believe The divine's message is to them, and it's unique and unrevealed to anyone else. These are your God speaks to me and only me, baby. I am the chosen one. Ooh, fucking neo shit. Mm Mm-hmm. This type of prophet usually gathers a large following of individuals who believe that this prophet's revelations unobscure the true religion, and that this type of prophet can often be the catalyst for new religions or religious movements. So this is like your David Koresh, your Jim Jones. Your like, Joseph Smith kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Of course, that inc- you know, that could even include Jesus or the prophet Muhammad or even Aleister Crowley. And our last one is reformative or revolutionary prophets. These are the people that peer into both the past and the future. So we're doing like a two-way divination thing. So it's kind of like because of one, this will happen later. Oh, Interesting. In looking to the past, these prophets sort of set up the past on a pedestal as an ideal. And this is to encourage their followers to reform or purify current customs to free them of certain unnecessary or detrimental practices. However, it just seems that these prophets are not only concerned with religious reform. They also tend to focus on social reforms. So a really good example of this actually is the slogan, Make America Great Again. Because we're missing this thing from the past, you know, America's greatness, our unity, our whole. And it's this type of like group vernacular that you need to look out for because we're missing this. We need to bring it back. We need it now. And to accomplish this now, we have to do this, 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 and this, which is what we did in the past. And it was so great back then. Something like that. Yeah. Sneaky, isn't it? I'm not worried about any Witch Yes followers falling for this, though, because... The Witch Yes listeners are smart, and we know that the past sucks. <laughs> we know that it sucks. There's no toilets. What is running water? Electricity? I mean, I just, I know we had some friends who would be like, oh, I just wish I lived in the 1920s. And I'm like, you don't want to vote? You don't want any rights? <laughs> you don't want any ibuprofen? <laughs> you want to have really bad sex? What, what do you want? You want to die at 50? I mean, maybe people live longer in the 1920s. But then sometimes they just would die randomly. That's true. I mean, people still die randomly now. No, but this in a way where they were like, (laughs) everything was fine. And then then, my mother died. And then my father died. And then my auntie died. Typhoid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they they called stuff consumption. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that far back. It's just like, what, you want the Vietnam draft? Like, what do you want? You want to live when the Twin Towers fell down? What? 
all this is nonsense. This sucks. <laughs> Everything sucks. Pull up your Jinko jeans. You didn't even have an iPhone back then. Like, get it the fuck together. You know who would never wear Jinko jeans? No. Who? The Prophet Muhammad. Because we're going to talk about <laughs> Did he not wear pants famous, at all? I don't actually know because you're not allowed to draw a picture of him. Oh, really? Is that true? Yeah, you're not supposed to have images of Muhammad. Oh, I didn't know that. Even though there are, like, illuminated manuscripts that, like, show him, like, before and during like his great ascension they're just stick figures and then there's a stick figure of him in the sky that's it (laughs) i'm drawing them (laughs) i'm like this looks about right is this a nose it's like half a triangle so uh we're gonna talk about prophets Mm -hmm. and some famous prophets and the first one i'm going to talk about is the prophet muhammad who is a type of missionary prophet the abrahamic religions have many prophets but there's one dude that closed down the whole house, and that is our boy, Muhammad. Hell yeah. So if you don't remember, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all stem from the same root religion and essentially worship the same God. And don't yell blasphemy because it is true. It's true. Same God, different names. Same person. Don't tell. (laughs) The Prophet Muhammad is the founder of Islam and is believed to be the Abrahamic God's last-ditch effort to get this fucking shit on track. Because we are not where we're supposed to be right now. He literally like rolls up in a Tesla with his sunglasses on. He's like, they're Versace. (laughs) Here we go. So Muhammad was born in Mecca, which is now Saudi Arabia. And around 40 years old, he received his first visitation from the angel Gabriel, which if you remember, is the same goddamn cat who visited Mary to enunciate that she was pregnant with a God baby. So I assume... The first words out of his little fucking angel face were, Be not afraid! And Muhammad's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 You're no! You're burning my face! I'm not going to get like super into the life and times of Muhammad, but I think something that's really interesting is that in some sects of Islam, Muhammad is like not at all surprised by this angel. He's like, I see this shit every day. But in others, <laughs> Muhammad is horrified. And he runs home to his wife, and is so fucking inconsolable and afraid, like afraid to tell people what has happened to him, Good. that he falls into a three-year-long depression. <gasps> Does nothing. Oh, what a hero. So this period of time is called Frata, which I felt like was extremely relatable because I didn't do shit for three years after grad school. And those two <laughs> things I feel like are very equitable. I mean, I think you have to commend anyone who pulls themselves out of depression, you know? exactly. Like, who cares how long it took... The longer, the better. You pull yourself out of there, like, good for you, dude. Muhammad says three years. If Muhammad could do it in three years, you could get so out of there So can in three you. Years. So at some point, he gets his ass up and listens to Blinding Lights by the weekend Ooh, and goes on. on to write the Quran and converts most of the Arab Peninsula to Islam. Ooh, okay. Now we have perhaps one of the most well-known divinatory prophets in modern society, besides Miss Cleo, of course, mm-hmm. Nostradamus. Ooh. So good old Naughty D was a French astrologer and doctor, in quotes, who lived in the 16th century in France. Oh, the fun times in France. Oh, wee wee. Wee wee, Wait, baby. when was the French Revolution? I don't 1800s? know. 1800s? When was the beheading? Was Oh, that was the French Revolution. Late 1700s. Got plenty of time. We got, we fine. We're not going to live to see that. Nostradamus is like, or Nostradamus is like, oh, I see this. I see this coming. I don't need to worry about this. So... Although he was considered a physician, no evidence exists to suggest that he ever received his medical degree. On the contrary, he was actually expelled from medical school. So he's a true physician. He's a... I'm a real doctor. Well, at the time, they were like, if you don't use drills, 
on women's vaginas, then you're not a real doctor. And he was probably like, Ugh. He's like, oh, I don't like leeches. Yucky. Why yuck. are we doing this? Now, Nostradamus started getting that brain itch again in his mid-40s, which is very Muhammad now that I fucking think about it. Oh, so maybe your 40s is like what opens you up. They used to say over the hill, but it's actually when your like divine powers come into play. <laughs> your third eye finally opens. That's why so many boomers are crazy. Listen, They're like, though, I have a vision. That's real. <laughs> that's real. Do you think, is it a mid, okay, I'm not saying the, the Prophet Muhammad was having a midlife crisis, but do you think that a lot of, because Aleister Crowley started getting real crazy around 40. Like, I feel like that's yeah. when all the cult shit started happening and the cat shit. Is that just you have, you've lived enough life and you have, you're comfortable enough with yourself that you're like, I don't care. Let me scare them. <laughs> I love this. I don't know. Maybe that's something, maybe that's like the great release of aging. Oh yeah. You just don't care anymore. You just don't care. You don't care what anyone thinks about no. you. Why? I'm crazy. Most of them are dead from typhoid. I'm old. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Watch me. Wow. Things to look forward to. So anyway, so he started, <laughs> he announced his first prophecy in 1547, and these prophecies are later published in a book called The Prophecies, or Centuries. Oh, okay. Now, astrology was incredulous. Astrology? It is incredulous. <laughs> incredulous. Well, how, how does it work? <laughs> Who made these rules? This fucking pizza pie. Who makes sense? sense? All right, so astrology was incredibly popular at this time, so his book seemed to enjoy a great deal of success. Ooh, it was doing really okay. well. So much so that it was expanded into a second edition, which was published just a year later. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, each of Nostradamus's prophecies comes in the form of a quatrain, and I just want to say God bless Brian for telling us what a quatrain is, because I forgot from fourth grade. Now, a quatrain is a type of poem consisting of four lines and has some kind of rhyming scheme. So it's like A-B-A-B, A-B-B-A, or A-A-B-B. So like Maya Angelou's Still I Rise starts off with, you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I rise. Oh, she was like, fuck you guys. I like that. Good job, <laughs> Can't get Maya. rid of me. Ha, ha, ha. Within his book, The Prophecies, the rhymed quatrains are grouped by 100, with each set being called a century. These prophecies are so far from clear and straightforward because they are poems. Ah, excellent. It's the cryptic and puzzle-like nature of his predictions which make them so fun to try to decipher. And enthusiasts, which I've been calling Nostramigos. Nostramigos! Have analyzed his writings and claim that some of these poems are actually accurate in predicting historical events that have happened in the past. Oh. So things like the French Revolution, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Other poems, however, do not yet have a clear meaning, and some followers contend that these stanzas predict events that have not happened yet. <gasps> now, Nostradamus was super into events like natural disasters and conflicts, you know, like super chill, fun things. And critics argue that because Nostradamus wrote about events that happened relatively frequently, like floods, fires, and dictators, and because of the vague nature of his poems, it is far too easy to assign an event to a Nostradamus stanza. Too easy. So what I said was like, these motherfucking non-Nostramigos, no-migos, mm -hmm. as I like to call them. Oh, yes. Uh, Not the band. Are like the kind of people that are like, oh, well, I'm nothing like your typical Sagittarius. Until you prove that they are. Until I prove. Tell me you're rising. <laughs> I will get you. So Brian has given us this gift, mm -hmm. which is 
the first game Alicia and I are going to play where neither of us know the answers to anything. <laughs> are we going to win? <laughs> I don't know. I think we have to Google it. Okay, okay. So um, Brian has provided us some Nostradamus predictions, and we have to guess which of past historical events ha- are they referring to. Okay. The Nostramigos are saying that these predicted. Okay. So first one, from the depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who, and by the way, this is not going to rhyme because it was originally written not in English. Oh. So don't be baby It witches. doesn't rhyme. I'm good, good, good. Shut up! <laughs> okay. We're in season four. <laughs> We're over it. We're on the edge. Okay. From the depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop, his fame will increase towards the realm of the East. Do they mean Eastern Europe? Do they mean China? I don't China? know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't know if Nostradamus knew about China. Did they I know? feel like the, the silk trade must be happening by now, right? Oh, fair. Yeah. Because this is like the 1500s. I think so. Okay. Um, well, I think Hitler's the easy answer. <laughs> I don't know where he was born, though, if it was West enough. My other guess is Franco. Franco Rubio? James Franco? James Franco? Who's Franco? Franco, uh, Franco, Franco. I don't know. What is his name? I don't know. Dude, I thought it, I thought that was enough to get me by. I didn't <laughs> think you'd question me. Fucking made up fucking. <laughs> well, it's either Hitler or it's Google or Franco. Or it's, it's Ned. What if it's Mussolini? All right, I'll change it. Okay, it's Mussolini. No, no, wait, 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 wait. I think it, I think it's Hitler. You think it's Hitler? I think it's gotta be. So, Brian did provide a, if still having difficult guessing, difficulty guessing, beasts ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers. The greatest part of the battlefield will be against, against Hister. Into a cage of iron will the great one be drawn when the child of Germany observes nothing. Is this talking about his death? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well of, with hunger will... Beast ferocious with hunger will cross the river, so it's probably some kind of country divide. Right. I'm thinking like tanks. The greater part of the battlefield will be against Hister, which sounds like Hitler. <laughs> Unless Hister's a place, and we just don't know because we don't live in Europe. Into a cage of iron will the great one be drawn. That's definitely Russia. Oh, okay. Because that's the Iron Curtain. Oh, wow. When the child of Germany observes nothing. I still think it's Hitler. We're going to guess Hitler, okay? From the deaths of West Europe, a child will be born of pure... Yep, Hitler. Boom! That's crazy. So, problem though, Germany wasn't a country in the 1500s. Wow, he's a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say. That's brilliant. Germany didn't become a country until the Ottoman Empire fell, which was like the 1800s. Then what is his... Oh, well, history's the river. Right. This is crazy. How could he know? How could he know anything? All right, let's do the next one. Maybe it was a different. Maybe it was a different word for Germany. Oh, and so they that chose Germany in the translation. In the English, you're translation. right. You're right. Okay, because I was like, wait a second. It also doesn't rhyme, so we can't get we can't get fooled yeah, either. Yeah, this is like some King James Bible shit, you know, where like you really gotta be curious. You gotta look it up. You gotta learn Latin. <laughs> That's it. Do you want to say the next one? Okay, the next one is. Songs, chants, and demands will come from the enslaved, held captive by the nobility in their prisons. At a later date, brainless idiots <laughs> will take these as divine utterances. One rude. 
heckin' rude. Is this the French Revolution? And the brainless idiots are people that love Les Miserables. <laughs> you know? I think that's a good guess. Or could it be... Um, I'm just thinking nobility in their prisons, and now I'm thinking, like, Princess Anastasia. Is this, like, the um, the Russian Revolution? Or brainless idiots. I, I want to know what the original... Like, it can't mean brainless, right? But it could... Okay, well, take these as divine utterances. Like, remember, remember the 5th of November sort of thing. Oh. The UK, Britain specifically, had a lot of territories and countries mm. under their thumb. I it could be anything. There has been so much slavery in the world because people are jackasses. The later date brainless idiots will take these as divine utterances, like, totally cuts off me thinking this has anything to do with, like, the transatlantic slave trade mm -hmm. because like people like not holding value to like the words and thoughts of enslaved people yeah like that doesn't seem like a thing okay that we would be like oh i mean unless nostradamus was like really tapped in unless also he's like i've got this whole global conscious thing like i get it his his head is as big as sheen and uh <laughs> fucking jimmy neutron when he gets the too smart <laughs> What a good poll. Good job. Okay, let's see. Love Wait, it. what's your guess? I'm going to say something to do with Britain fucking themselves in the ass, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah. What's your guess? My guess is French Revolution. Okay. Specifically Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It is the French Revolution. Hell yeah! Yay, she got it! Boop, 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 boop. I'm a fucking Nostromigo. She's a Nostromigo, baby. Oh, my goodness. All right, last one. Okay, last one. The ancient task will be completed from on high. Evil will fall on the great man. A dead innocent will be accused of the deed. The guilty one will remain in the mist. Ancient task. From on high, evil will fall on the great man. A dead innocent will be accused of the deed. So it sounds like we're killing someone. It sounds like assassination. Mm -hmm. The guilty one will remain in the mist. Ooh. Is Ooh. it the Kennedys? Oh, I was thinking MLK because everybody oh. knows that the FBI fucking <laughs> did it. Could be MLK too. But okay. like MLK never uh, got his justice. That's true. They blamed it on somebody else. Okay, okay. You're going for MLK. Where I'm going go? for JFK. JFK. The lots of K's, though. But who's the guilty one that remains in the mist? Is it like... Well, didn't they believe... I mean, there are some wild controversies that believe that the U.S. hired the people who killed JFK. Oh, yeah. Or, like, someone within the U.S. Do you remember... Because I was very big with, like, the QAnon thing. Yeah, because that was huge. And everybody was like... Who uh, are the Kennedys? The Kennedy Who Jr. killed the Kennedys? Was going to come back, right? Who was the Kennedy that was going to come back, but he's been dead since that airplane crash? There the dead Kennedys? <laughs> <laughs> there, is a, there is a young Kennedy politician. I don't know if he's doing well, though. He's no. trying. Says the JFK assassination. <gasps> really? Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. It said John Kennedy's assassination in 1963 undoubtedly came from on high. Oh, yeah, because he's up in that building as he turns the fucking grassy knoll. Oh, yeah. The man accused of the crime, Lee Harvey Oswald, didn't live long enough to face trial when a Dallas nightclub owner killed him. 
while in police custody. Oswald persistently claimed that he was a patsy, which is a silly word to use in this, and therefore innocent. Even today, we don't know for sure who killed JFK. People on Q are like, we do. We do? We do? Oh, apparently, he also predicted, like, September 11th, Pasteur's discoveries with, like, bacteria. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Ooh, spooky. All right, next up is, we're going to keep it a little light, mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Oh, Now, with over 30 seasons, The Simpsons is the longest-running animated series in history, and it's also the longest-running rival to Nostradamus. Oh. Because, no joke, the track record for accurate predictions on The Simpsons is insane. Oh, shit. Here's a list of some of The Simpsons' prophecies that have been fulfilled over the years. (laughs) The Donald Trump presidency, all the way to the move down the escalator after he announced his candidacy. That's insane. The mass of the Higgs boson particle, uh, Homer Simpson writes uh, an equation, uh-huh. which is basically garbly gook, and then it ends up being almost the exact equation. That Are they people use. just watching The Simpsons and being inspired? Well, there's a whole theory that like, you know. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Well, that they, that he's a time traveler. Homer Simpson? No, the guy that writes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Marge? Marge? No, the guy that the writes baby? it. <laughs> Maggie. Um, Super Bowl winners at least three times within the same season. Oh. Not like, oh, we show the 49ers winning and they win 10 years later. That's like crazy. that season. Lady Gaga's Super Bowl performance down to how she enters the arena to also her outfit. Wow. Smart watches, autocorrect. The Siegfried and Roy tiger attack. I mean, anyone probably could have seen that coming. They're like, hmm, this doesn't seem good, right, guys? It's not safe. Not good. The 2014 Ebola outbreak. That's a harder one to just make up, I think. <laughs> the donut-shaped universe. So in an episode, Homer is having drinks with Stephen Hawking and proposes that the universe is actually shaped like a donut. But recently, get oh, this, no. Thomas Bouchard, along with a team of other scientists, have deduced that our cosmos might be multiply connected Meaning that space is closed in on itself in all three dimensions, like a three-dimensional donut. So we're just donutting around in space. You're fucking Fruit Loops and somebody's. Oh, I feel like I'm cereal. getting nauseous. <laughs> yeah, I'm dizzy. <laughs> the 2013 NSA spy scandal, and then Kamala Harris becoming vice president of the United States. Yes, Queen. Get down it. to her outfit. Wow, that's cool. All right, now we're gonna get into some famous prophecies. This was one of our big Patreon questions. Mm-hmm. So. We talked about it before, but the 2012 Mayan doomsday prophecy. Okay, tell me about it. So if you are listening to this podcast, unless you are Nanette's daughter, you are probably old enough to remember 2012. And if you remember 2012, you'll remember that it was Bonkers Deluxe. Was it? I don't remember this. Nick Jonas took off his purity ring. (laughs) Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez broke up. Oh my God, this is crazy. Vladimir Putin assumed the office of president of Russia. Mm-hmm. Curiosity landed on Mars. Alicia and I were both briefly single at the same time. <laughs> However, another big thing that you might remember is that on December 21st, the world was supposed to end. December 21st. Damn. This was based on a Mayan inscription from the now destroyed ruin of Tortuguero. The inscription mentions the appearance of a Maya deity Balon Yokta Kaun on the date 13.0.0.0.0 in the Maya long count calendar. 
this just happened to line up with December 21st or 23rd, 2012. On <laughs> we the, got a few days wiggle yeah, room. Yeah, it's like if, <laughs> if you're really waiting on the 21st and it doesn't happen, don't worry, it's coming. Nothing's exact here. Now, panic and fear of the approaching apocalypse was exacerbated by the 2009 film 2012 starring John Cusack. Though I think we all know that the real star of the show was Tamara and her dog. <laughs> In actuality, the world did not end. And the end of the Mayan calendar simply signified that you did need to go buy a new calendar. <laughs> and Earth entered another 394-year century called the Bakhtun. And life continues as normal. Mm, normal. Did say what they thought was going to happen in the Oh, that ending? the Earth was going to break open. Well, we were just going to splinter? Yeah, it was just like the world, the God comes and he destroys everything. Wow. And in the movie, it's like floods, hurricanes, like All everything. All that shit. Yeah. How did, okay, in the movie, did they die? No, not everyone dies. The, what? They build arcs. Oh. And there's like a bunch of like controversy about who gets to be on the arc. And they send the arcs into space. Well, they float on the surface <laughs> up by Mount Everest. Oh like they God. send all these people up. Wow. Because they're trying to get to the highest point. But then the, um, the, what is it? I'm so glad you know this. Oh, I was very into this movie for I've a long time. I've never seen this movie. There was like this whole thing about how like the entire world was going to flood basically. Okay. But then there was like this one like cape at the bottom of either like South America or Africa that like ended up not flooding at all. And so then there was like this new idea of like this Eden. Oh my God. And how all of the people that would have survived moved to like this little island. This actually sounds like I would enjoy it. I really like religious fan fiction. I think it's funny. It was, I feel like, a pretty good movie. And also, these, like, little Russian boys, like, really steal your heart. They look like little roly-polies. These fat little twins. It's so cute. All right, next up is The Book of Revelations. So spooky. Horses. There are horses? That's all I remember. And they're not good horses. (laughs) No. They're bad horses. You do not want to hang out with. No, thank you. Do not cross their path. Mm -mm -mm. So welcome to Armageddon, witches. Revelation (laughs) is wild, free, and actually super gross, containing a lot of blood and pestilence. Ew. Written by John of Patmos, or John the Revelator, sometime around 96 Common Era, Revelations is the first book of the Christian Bible, the New Testament. It contains prophetic visions of the end of the world. Ooh. And they are specific. Was he over 40? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Good question. The text begins by noting that a spirit was speaking to John and that this spirit reveals prophetic visions to him. Very similar to Aleister Crowley. Very similar to like, it's very like classic missionary prophet. Like, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just here telling you the word. Of these big, scary boys. Oh, my gosh. Here's the problem. Revelations, much like Nostradamus, is full of visions, allegories, and symbols. The lamb is never truly a lamb. The beast of the sea may not actually have seven heads. So this might make the whole, like, interpreting the spirit's message super complex and ripe (laughs) for perversion. Now, the first vision that John writes takes place at the throne of God. Are you ready to come on this bloody journey with me oh i'm so excited here we go perhaps one of the most notable pieces of this section is the scroll with seven seals remember this which is then taken by a quote lamb having seven horns and seven eyes that is gross it's very scary yeah do they blink at the same time how does it know or is it like um like the fish eyes oh Ooh. This lamb is then worshipped by both angels and earthly creatures. I would worship this. That's fucking wild as shit. <laughs> the seven seals are then opened. Kapow! 
the first four of these are directly related to what we know us as the four horsemen. So mm-hmm. that's like pestilence, war, famine, and death. Mm-hmm. The seventh seal directly pertains to the seven trumpets. There's a lot of sevens. Okay. So seven angels are given these seven trumpets. An eighth angel throws fire to the earth and the earth is devastated. Oh. Once this occurs, the seven angels then go, and they fucking sound off in order. It's like a marching band of angels. It is. And and it's not trumpets, it's clarinets. And they all suck. And they all have hickeys. (laughs) (laughs) So the first trumpet has to do with hail, fire, and blood, all of which are mixed together and then burn up one third of the greenery on earth. Okay, well, that's not good. The second trumpet has to do with the great fiery rock falling into the sea, destroying one third of the sea creatures. Oh, with the whales. I know. And the um, the manatees. It's, it's so exactly. hard for them already. The third trumpet has to do with a star falling from the heavens and poisoning the rivers and streams. Oh, my God. We got really, like, inventive over here. The fourth trumpet, one third of the sun, moon, and stars go dark, creating darkness for a third of the day and night. So it's just like they twinkle out. Weep. Oh. Bye. Get this. Okay, so this is the really scary one. Okay. In the fifth trumpet, the bottomless pit is opened, and a swarm of demonic locusts is unleashed upon those who do not have the seal of God. What's the seal of God? I don't know, and I don't know how to get it. Oh, no. The sixth trumpet, four angels prepare an army of 200 million soldiers to wipe out a third of the population through fire and brimstone. We we shouldn't be worshiping these angels. They're up to no good. They're like the fae. Yeah. Did you say they're like the fae? Yeah. (laughs) Like little fae folk. Like, don't trust them. Don't give them red berries. The seventh and final trumpet, the temple of God opens in heaven. Now, after the trumpets, but before the seven bowls and the final plagues of earth, there are several figures John says you got to keep an eye out for. A woman who is pregnant with a male child, vague. Not helpful. Lots of women would be pregnant with a male child. This creature called the great dragon, who we understand to be the devil. So his whole plan is to eat this male child, but he never gets a chance. So he decides to wage war on all of humanity instead. Okay. Then there's the beast of the sea, who rises from the sea with all of its seven-headed, ten-horned, ten-crowned glory. And this dude's plan is to get the people not destroyed by the trumpets and the dragon to follow him. And he says he has answers. And it's probably sin. He's like, come down into the ocean with me. Everyone dies. <laughs> with Oops. his fucking seven heads. He's like, he's like hypnotizes them. I'm glad we have options, though, of who to worship at this time, though. <laughs> it's making me feel better. The lamb. And then there's the beast of the earth who rises from the earth, has two horns like a lamb, and speaks like a dragon, which sounds suspicious Does to sound me. Sounds suspicious. <laughs> And he convinces people to make an image of the beast of the sea and forces people to wear the mark of the beast 666, which I think a lot of people are really into this facet of revelations because I remember seeing stuff about like the forced mark of the beast and like the vax cards. Anytime like people need any kind of identification, they're like, this is it. But what about the 666 part? Well, the 666 is never really 666, right? Just like the lamb is never really a lamb. And the dragon is never really a dragon. It's all a fucking metaphor. Oh, my God. This is so confusing. Oh, and this was also huge when um, when they came out with barcodes on, like, packages at the grocery store. Every QR code, they're like, ah! Exactly! Ooh, exactly, exactly, spooky. exactly. And then the lamb who stands on Mount Zion with 144,000 very specific redeemed individuals who were saved from the beast's wrath. So you want to be with the lamb, maybe. You want to hang out with that lamb guy. Okay. He's soft. He's cuddly. Oh, he's nice. 
These events and characters then lead to the pouring, are you guys tired yet, of the seven bowls and the last plagues from God's wrath. Because after all of this, God's like, God teach him a couple more lessons. So when we're talking about bowls, are we talking about like Crate and Barrel? Are we talking about West Elm? <laughs> it's Pier, Pier 81. What's it are we doing it? like Ikea? Like, are they bowls mm-hmm. on the cheap? Like, what are our bowls? I'm sure that they're like those character bowls that are plastic that come with like your Fruity Pebbles and they have like Pooh Bear on them or something. Okay. So they're like Target. And they have like the little straw where you can sip the cereal milk out oh. of the bottom. How lovely. Okay. The first bowl is a foul and malignant sore affects those who are followers of the beast. Okay. The second bowl is the sea turns to blood, killing everything within it, which I feel really bad for all of God's creatures that he made <laughs> and have had nothing to do with the, the, all this, the salmon. Maybe they can live in blood. Is blood not water? It's mm. not water, I don't think. It's got water in it. Uh, maybe there's something to that. Yuck. The third bowl is then all of the fresh water turns to blood and kills everything within it. God, that's just thing. the second bowl all over again. That doesn't <laughs> even fucking count. Second verse, just like the first. The fourth bowl, the sun becomes, I assumed it was going to turn to blood, but no, it becomes scorching hot, burning some of the people that still remain on earth. Okay. Well, which I feel like that one's predictable. If you have gotten through all of this mm-hmm. and then you make it through the first bowl and the second bowl and then you're, you're just, just drinking like, blood water. Yeah. And then you fucking end up getting scorched by the sun, I'd be like, God damn it. (laughs) I'm so close. I tried so hard. The fifth bowl, Earth is plagued by an intense darkness. Well, that'd be what after the sun? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if you hide long enough, then it'll be safe to come out again. The sixth bowl, the river Euphrates dries up and the forces of good and evil both prepare for the final battle of Armageddon. And then the seventh bowl is a huge earthquake and giant hailstorm. Or in California, the big one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ultimately, the beast and the false prophet are judged by God and cast into the lake of fire. Now, the great dragon is then imprisoned in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, which if you forgot about the bottomless pit, I also did. It's just hanging out this whole time. Okay, great. Being bottomless. All right. Don't fall. However, once that 1,000 years is up, the great dragon is released deceives the nations of Earth, and gathers them for the final battle. We are not done yet. More battling. Oh my gosh. The great dragon, like the beast and the false prophet, is then cast into the lake of fire along with the wicked. Then, finally, there is a new heaven and a new earth where there is no more suffering or death. The curse of sin is ended, which I feel like God could have just gotten rid of that to begin with. And then God comes to live with the people on the new earth, which I feel like I'd be like, I don't trust you. You just put all of us through all of this fucking shit for no reason, it feels like. No, that's so weird. Now, Revelations has been used by many, 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 many doomsday cults. That makes sense. And the New York Times actually calls it the script for cult apocalypse. Ah. Now, if you, baby witch, are worried that you or someone you know is in a Revelations-based doomsday cult, you should head over to culteducation.com, which has resources based on state and country, as well as... One of our favorite websites, daretodoubt.org. Dare to doubt. Bum, bum. Now, just to keep things light, we're going to talk about the madam, the mystic, the legend. Perhaps you've heard of her recently. Baba Vanga. Ooh, Baba Vanga. Sounds very Baba Yaga. Baba Vanga, Vangelia Pandeva Sercheva Gushtarova, was a blind Bulgarian mystic and clairvoyant who had a lot to say about the future. And here are her 2022 predictions. Oh, great. This year. Number one, 
a virtual reality takeover for the coming year. The metaverse. Number two. Another pandemic. Woo! This time discovered in Siberia. This is caused by a frozen virus that will be released via climate change. This is why you guys are going to care about the climate. Number three. Turn off your AC. <laughs> Don't use straws. Yeah. Petition your governments. Yeah. Get them. Eat local. Three. A prediction that many cities will face water shortages that will result in political consequences as alternative solutions are used. Get them. Four, the invasion of Earth by aliens with the arrival of an asteroid. That's a problem. That's a big <laughs> problem, I gotta say. To this one about. we gotta watch out for. Five, a famine in India due to a drop in temperatures that will result in locusts attacking crops. I mean, that sounds like climate change. And then six. More earthquakes and tsunamis with intense bouts of floods in Australia and parts of Asia. Which is already happening because of that volcano. Motherfuck. Eruption that happened in the ocean. And so they had a lot of tsunamis like out of nowhere just because this volcano decided to erupt. So now we're two for two already. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck. <laughs> now one of our Patreon questions was when did prophecy fall out of style? Like why is it not cool to do anymore? And I said... There's plenty of... People are super into this. People are very into it, but also you sound super crazy. You do. Being into it. That's a problem. And people be judgy in a different way now. Yeah. But they will drag you on the internet. I don't know. Alicia, the divinatory prophet.com. Oh, I got my own website now. I've leveled up. She's already in this conversation. She's We're selling a, merch. She's got her fucking Squarespace. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just... Nothing is ever stopping you from doing anything. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you should care about what other people think about you at times and not call yourself a prophet. I also feel like there's a lot less like power systems don't kind of elevate those people yeah. anymore. Whereas before it was like the prophet has visited the king and now we know we must kill all of these babies. There's a lot more, you know, you can do a lot more research on your own mm -hmm. and be like, is this true? Is this not true? Or this is not true, but I'm still going to believe it. But then you'll have a lot of people being like, you're being a fucking idiot right now and I need you to get your life together, Tamara. And you need you to get your AA and get out of my house. Get out of here. So it's just not cool, dude. And because Alicia super dunked on all those prophets, it is now time for... Which is in the news. Which is in the news here oh today. God. We are ready, baby. We need a little, a little break from all these prophecies. So don't worry. We're not talking about prophecies today. We're talking about Dr. Phil. <laughs> we had a witch appearance on Dr. Phil, aptly named... My daughter-in-law is a witch and turned my son against me. This is the kind of 2022 shit I want to see. This, this cheese and crackers is charcuterie plate. Mm-mm-mm. Tammy and Mark claim they haven't spoken to their son, Corey, in over a year. They say that's completely because of Corey's wife, Katrina, who they claim is a manipulative, mentally ill, and quite literally, a witch. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Mark. Katrina is a self-proclaimed witch or Wiccan who claims Tammy and Mark judge her for her beliefs. Corey denies he's being controlled or brainwashed by Katrina, which is a nice word like his mom likes to use. She's brainwashed you. Rather, he says he's sick and tired of his parents' horrible treatment of his wife and children. That seems fair. But Tammy and Mark say they've done nothing wrong and only want their family back together. Can Dr. Phil help mend this broken family? Find out. 
Oh, I can't wait. And he did, kinda, because who knows what happens when you leave. But I was very nervous at first because usually when witches are on a self-help program like Dr. Phil, it's like this goth woman who keeps snakes and scares everyone in the household, you know, sort of thing. So I was ready to be like, oh no, what kind of witch are you? (laughs) (laughs) But in this one, the roles were 100% flipped and the in-laws were completely in the wrong. Tammy had even sent Katrina a Mother's Day card in 2020 that read, We are all doing well. Hope you are too. We wanted you to know we still existed even though you treat us like we don't. Oh my lord. We aren't in the wrong here. You are. You are judgmental and harsh. We wish we could have been a family. Such a disappointment. Happy Mother's Day anyway. Thanks for getting knocked up with Corey by accident. He sure is a blessing. My lord. This is mean. One, two. That's three or four exclamation points at the end of that. That makes it sarcastic. Yeah. She is a mean woman. (laughs) And she's just feeding into like her husband's like meanness too. He might actually be fine without the wife, but like without the in-law wife. But she's like a fucking tyrant, dude. And Dr. Phil went in on Tammy and Mark. He talked about how Katrina didn't brainwash her son. But when you're in a relationship for several years, that a couple will just have a profound influence on each other. Dr. Phil even citing that his own wife has had a profound influence on him throughout their years together. But that's also like a good thing. Yeah. You grow together. Exactly. She's treating their children. You know, she's like, she's doing all the things. She just doesn't like your bullshit anymore. And Dr. Phil concluded that thought by saying that if Tammy is a good Christian woman, like she says she is, then it's not for her to judge her daughter. Boom. Roasted. (laughs) Boom dead. And there was also other shit about how one of Katrina and Corey's children is trans and the mom's not not, like using the correct pronouns. Oh yeah, get out of here. It's just like, it's too much shit. Grandma is being too fucking difficult. Grandma needs to get the fuck out of here and like not talk to us ever again. And so how did they, like, did she apologize? Like, how did this whole situation? It was just kind of like, it was kind of with Dr. Phil just being like, if you want to be a good Christian woman, you need to be doing better. So that's why I was like, I don't know if this actually got fixed. Mm -hmm. It was more like you got embarrassed on national television. Is that going to fix the problem? Yeah, I also feel like I want to know who dragged two under Dr. Phil because I do feel like it was Tammy. Yeah, Tammy definitely, like, through her son and his wife onto Dr. Phil. And that's where it's like, okay, well, you asked for this. Oops. Bye-bye. Hopefully you're listening. Our next story, keeping it local to the Big Apple, New York City psychic scam artist. Trial upcoming. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Snatched ya. A new lawsuit has been filed against a Manhattan psychic for swindling a once wealthy man, once wealthy, you guys. (laughs) Previously known. Through false promises to find him a soulmate and purge dark spirits with her expensive rituals. We've heard this before. I know this song. Mm -hmm. William Young of Brooklyn says in his lawsuit that he met the psychic, Shayna Samuel, back in May 2021. So very recent. They obviously were not listening to the podcast. The two became close and Young, who is bipolar and suffers from depression, became one of Samuel's regular customers. Samuel told Young that his family was cursed by very strong, dark spirits and blamed them for his mental health problems, which is very shitty. You know, that's very low. She said that as long as the dark spirits were around, that Young would not be able to find love or happiness or have a good relationship with his family. I hate this. She said she could help him, but with a cost. 
Young's first payment to Samuel in May 2021 was $100,000. The first payment. According to the lawsuit. That's crazy. I don't even have $100,000. I don't know where you get $100,000, you know? Later that month, he paid the psychic six times in a single week, with the payments ranging from $1,000 to $20,000. Is it this at the point, like, you're so rich, though, like, it sucks if you make stupid decisions like this? There is, like, a... When you... I have never and will never be rich. <laughs> so it's kind of like me telling somebody that's not even in my same social class yeah. how to handle their thing. But once you reach a certain tax bracket, I do think that you need like some kind of advisor. I think starting out at $100,000 is very high. That's like a big reach. And I think that's probably how she was like, oh, I got this. Yeah, exactly. I got you. I would... I scam him too at that point like what eventually young ran out of money and began tapping into his family's joint bank account to pay for the spells no 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 and this went on for months until a four hundred ninety six thousand dollar payment to samuel through a third-party company was blocked by young's bank his bank account was then frozen and at this point young realized he had been tricked once you start tapping into your family's bank account that's probably shame when you on should know you. yeah exactly what are you doing even though he's been spending thousands of dollars and the spells weren't working, this is the point where he's like, oh, I don't I don't think this is working. <laughs> In fact, the rituals were actually causing young anxiety due to how much money they cost. Yeah. Mm. So he's aware he's losing a shit ton of money and this isn't good. I cannot wait to see this like end total. At the end of the day, Young believes he had paid Samuel and third parties $1,102,514 for these rituals. That's too much. Yeah. So lawsuit has been filed. We will see what happens with this. Is that <sighs> insane? A million dollars? Where do you find that? I don't know. What bank are you at? He got it all in the GameStop. <laughs> he knew the lucky lottery number. And our final story, which is so much cuter, you guys. The Witchverse. Is this like the metaverse? No. Yay. Ish, but no. Cool. Disney animated anthology. So Disney Plus is working on a new animated witch anthology series, and it's called The Witchverse. The project is described as a global celebration of the international cultural phenomena of witches, their magic, and their universal connection in nature. Yay. Each which episode? Oh, shut up. Isn't that cute? Adorable. Will comically explore and upend common misconceptions surrounding global witch mythology and lore from a variety of cultures and perspectives around the world. The series is based off a Baba Yaga VR experience, an animated short created by Eric Darnell. The immersive experience features 2D pop-up animation as well as hand-drawn and stop-motion styles and follows a witch who uses her powers to stop villagers whose settlement encroaches upon her enchanted forest. Fucking stay away from my house! Sounds fucking adorable. Darnell spoke to Deadline and was quoted saying, Disney is the ideal partner to be working with us on one of our most creatively ambitious storytelling endeavors. They uniquely have the ability to create entire new worlds like no one else on this planet. And in this collaboration, Baba Yaga has the potential to be a breath of fresh air for everyone who loves fairy tales, both young and old, from different cultures. Yay, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, so they don't have a release y date yet because they're still like developing it and it's animation, so it's going to take a fucking shit ton of time yeah. to actually draw and make. But I think this will be so cool. 
And that has been today's Witches in the News. Thank you. Of course, you're welcome. I'm to lose a million dollars, but geez. Oof. All right. We're finally moving into our final segment. We're breathing. We're, we are laying down. We're getting cozy. We've taken our socks off. Fallen asleep. Fallen asleep. It is time for A Spell for Prophetic Dreams. Ooh, okay. So this is from the Elemental Encyclopedia of a Thousand Spells. So these are some of the herbs that you can use for this spell. You don't have to use all of them. Okay, I don't need all of them. You don't need all of them, but here's kind of like your squad. Okay, great. And this list was much longer. And I went through and found everything that might be toxic. Perfect. To you or your animals. So Amazing. We've got Angelica, Anise, Basil, Bay Laurel, Dittany of Crete. Ooh, that sounds fun. Peppermint, roses, sandalwood, wisteria, or wormwood. But if you are allergic to ragweed, do not use the wormwood. A lot of sneezing. A lot of sneezing because you can choose any combination of these prophetic dream botanicals. Place those loose botanicals inside a covered box to keep by your bed and then uncover and inhale before Mm. you go to sleep. And this scent, this potpourri, is going to transfer you into divinatory dream realm and you're going to have some future dreams. And that's fucking it. That's awesome. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, not in the box. Don't introduce any liquid. I love that. It will rot. If anyone does this, you should share with us like what your dreams were. This mm-hmm. sounds so cool. And that's it. And we would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, Brian Rainey, our resident intern and researcher, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in the intro and outro each week. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. We'd also like to thank anyone who's been leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are getting your podcasts. It really helps us out, helps us get out into our, our friendly, we're your friendly neighborhood. Spider witch, no, just your witch. <laughs> and if you're on Spotify, hit that follow button. That helps us and that helps other people find us as well. If they want to find you, Alicia, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia the Divinatory Prophet. That's not true. That's not true. It's Alicia period herder because that's my name. Keep it easy for the fans. If I want to find you, Tara, where do I find you? Well, I keep it uneasy. I keep it unsqueezy. I'm at her lovely face on Instagram. She likes a little obstacle. <laughs> I like a poem. Ooh. Or you can go to my private Instagram. That's underscore Little Moss. I basically just see if you're following Alicia. I love that. And then we, the podcast, are on Instagram at which yes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you in our stories. And we're always posting about like what episode's coming out, what episode is on Patreon. So and you just did a tarot card poll I did, the other day. Yeah, that for, was so cool to for see. For baby witches. And if you aren't doing Instagram, but we're on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Witch Yes, the Facebook Coven. We also have a poppin' Discord. A fantastic Discord. Which you can find in the show notes or on the link tree on the Instagram. And if you have any questions ever, you can email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And if two episodes a month, not enough for you, you're hungry, you're worried. Starving. You have some long road trip you have to be on. You can find us on Patreon, $5 Patreon, which is and above are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast for them. Woo! $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. They get to know what the next episode is going to be and they get to ask questions. So when we talk about our Patreon questions, that's what we're talking about. I love that. So I guess that means that this has been. Which, yes. Thank you. Bye. Love you.
Really? Yeah, it's I'm beautiful. thinking about like chopping it off to be my original. Yeah, I it, it just like waffles every few days. What do you mean? Like, I'll just be like, I'm so over it being this long, and mm-hmm. then like I'll do something like just put a little clip, which is kind of awkward, but then it makes these beautiful waves, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but I'm just like a mermaid. You are. I'm just like a beautiful, gorgeous mermaid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. How short would you cut it? Like right to the. Probably edge? to the edge, but I'm also like, is that too short? I actually was thinking maybe I should ask Tara, like, uh, hairstyle ideas. For long hair? For shorter hair. Oh, I'm fully, like, have a hair appointment on Friday to <gasps> cut off all my hair. I just, I don't even know what to do, and I don't know. I don't know what would look good on me. Mm-hmm. Well, you look, I mean, you look good in everything. Lo- I mean, but long hair is, like, so good on me. It's like, yeah. why cut my hair short if long hair looks great? Be well, it is a hassle. I hate pulling out of my asshole. I hate pulling out of my dog's asshole. I had a hair get stuck on a piece of food. I swallowed it and then I started to pull the hair up and I felt it come up out of my chest and then I had to go throw up because yeah. I pulled food out of my chest like a oh, I had a tapeworm. My God. You should just rugrats that shit and just like pew get really tiny and just like <laughs> hop in there and find it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Pulling it out like, I don't know, you're fucking part of the exorcism or something's <laughs> really disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And I live that life. Um, but no, oh well, I love a like a short haircut with like a half updo. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. like super cute. And also you have cute. a really beautiful like hairline. And so anytime you pull your hair back, I'm very much like <gasps> when I get Botox though, it's gonna be like <laughs> it's gonna be even better, baby. It's gonna be what? It's gonna be <laughs> It's like the sound of it working, mm-hmm. of aging going backwards. Yeah. It's going to be miraculous. 